In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. Today, we have a real treat. What, for the majority of us, we have an awareness that women have their G-spot. And we also know that there tends to be a little bit of controversy about does it exist, not exist. And there is research and science behind it. What we have not had a lot of research in, nor have we had a lot of sort of like general discussion socially, is about the male G-spot or what some people call the male G-spot or the P-spot, the pleasure that men can derive from prostate stimulation. So my guests today are the co-authors of what I think is going to be, as a you know many times published author myself, this to me is like the new go-to book for men and their partners about, and it's called The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. Now, Charlie and Aislinn, you're both online with me, aren't you? Excellent. So I sent you the questions beforehand. And honestly, when I was going through your book, it was so obvious to me that you both are fabulous sex educators because you both have those qualifications. Charlie, you have your PhD. And I loved the tone of this book. I think it's absolutely fabulous. Who came up with it, the tone, and who came up with the concept of the book? I'll give you two questions at once. Sure. I'll start with uh, the concept. Um, thank you, by the way, for your kind words. Uh, the concept was my idea. I was working at Good Vibrations, and mm-hmm. uh, one day I was restocking the G-Spot section and noticed there were all of these amazing guides to G-Spot simulation for women Meanwhile, we've been getting more and more prostate stimulation toys in the store, and we've been fielding more and more questions about prostate stimulation from customers, and just from being part of the sex-positive community in San Francisco, I was aware that there was kind of a buzz about prostate massage, yet there was no guide in the store to prostate stimulation, even though it was being marketed as stimulation of the male G-spot. And as I looked into it, I found that there really weren't any comprehensive guides, although more and more guides 
to uh, general sexual topics like Tantra guides, for example, would mention it, but it was almost never more than to say, insert fingers and curve towards the front of the body. So That's, that's about it. I read that and I laughed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I thought there was a demand for this book, and so I decided to write it. And I had met Charlie through us both working at Good Vibrations, and he was a good friend, and as I embarked on this book project, he became something of a mentor to me and was my go-to guy for all of the questions I had about where should I look for this or that information that I'm trying to find. And eventually, I just came to him and said, you know, Charlie, you've been involved in this project from the start. Why don't you come on and be a co-author with me? Mm -hmm. And he agreed. Okay. Now, and and Charlie, you... you, you, Oh, well, so just as far as the, the tone of the book, it actually uh, it took quite a bit of work for the two of us because we each have our own writing style, our own speaking style. And what came out of that was actually a very conversational feel because we literally would sit on the couch and talk about how we wanted something to land. And I think that's part of why uh, you read that, you, you felt that when you were reading the book because we really were having a conversation. Uh, all the time as we were working on it. You know, when I was writing my books, the woman who I worked with, who was my um, uh, the writer for me, um, I collect all the information and and sort of like the font. But it was the same thing when Billy and I were working together. We would literally get together and just talk on how we wanted it to feel, what we wanted it to do, and that was one of the things that has made my book so accessible and I think will make your book very accessible because it's the real people comments and the anecdotes as I wrote you. I mean, honestly, what people have to know is that the first chapter is you guys just head on address all the issues with, okay, let's get this out of the way. (laughs) Were there any questions that surprised you? Questions that surprised us. Do you mean questions from folks who were interested in learning about costing such? Right. Mm-hmm. Not not so much, but I have to admit that having been a sex educator for you know over twenty years now, it, I, I've heard a lot of questions. Um, and so even you know, I'm sure you're in a similar position, Lou, where after a while, even when a question is new to us, uh, it may not be surprising in the same way. But there were some really interesting things that came out of our survey when we were yes, asking. I love I love your surveys. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that really struck me was that uh, a lot of men said, of course, that they make prostate play a regular part of their anal play, but quite a few said that they like anal play and aren't interested in prostate stimulation very much or at all. Um, and since a lot of people have this idea that the only reason why guys engage in anal penetration is because of prostate play, I thought that was really enlightening that, you know, actually that's not always the case. Right. We heard from some individuals who said that they specifically avoid the prostate while they're engaging in anal penetration because it feels overstimulating or uncomfortable to them. Right. Now, when I... And I and I loved how, you know, you broke things down, you know, like this is the kind of the progression that people might want to try things in. And I think once people hear that this is something that 
other people are doing. And, and, and I think I told you, I was at the adult novelty show last week. And the thing that I looked at, that's the, you know, held every, um, like spring and sort of fall every year. And when I looked, I looked specifically knowing I was going to be speaking with you for prostate toys or things that could be adjusted to do so. There are more, but they still haven't really come forward with them. Not so much. Uh, you know, we've been working quite a bit with Aneros. Uh They were very much the, the groundbreakers when it came to creating a well-designed prostate toy. You know, before that, guys had to take a G-spot toy and sort of work with it. And sometimes that was successful and sometimes not. Um, and uh, what we found from talking with them is that there's still very much, there's still a, a lot of resistance among a lot of men uh, especially guys who are concerned about, you know, does this mean anything about my masculinity, my sexual orientation? But what we're also finding as we were working on the book is that, you know, the more we've been talking about it, the more guys have been coming forward and saying, you know, I've always wanted to try this and I'm not sure how to tell my girlfriend or, you know, women were coming to us saying, you know, my last boyfriend really liked to do this and I'd like to know how to introduce it to my next one. What do I do? And so mm-hmm. I really think we're at we're at the beginning of a shift in attitudes around uh, sexuality for men, which is long overdue. Well, I and I concur with you on that because there's many times, and again, you know, having been an educator for you know 15 years, I have heard you know the questions that they will ask you sort of on the side, and yet what they want is, I mean, let's be honest. Our bodies are here to be enjoyed, and one of the number one things about anything sexual is the pleasure of it. And absolutely, you know, and I think that's been overlooked for in this area for a lot of men. Yeah, well, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. And if you look at the way that a lot of people think about male sexuality, we we still have this cultural attitude of you get it up, get it in, and get it off, mm-hmm. and in. Instead, what we're really trying to do is encourage guys to have a wider idea of what sex and pleasure could be. Right. Right. And also a wider idea of what are the parts of our body that you can get pleasure from. There's a lot of emphasis, I think, for men on the penis, which is fine, but sometimes it's sort of to the exclusion of the rest of their bodies. And it's so the penis is so associated with masculinity that there's a sense of getting pleasure from any other part of your body is a less masculine way of having sex. So we're definitely trying to challenge that and saying all of your body is all of your body and you can enjoy any part of it that you want. Precisely. And I, you know, when I do my presentations, I talk about, listen, men have been starved for touch and we have literally created a culture and a society that has made it illegal for men to touch and Mm -hmm. yet that is one of the most powerful ways that we can connect. And so, Aislinn, when you had conversations with Beverly Whipple, and I think we have like one minute until our first break, <laughs> so I I think Beverly is just so great. And for those who may not be aware, she, along with Lattice Cannon-Perry, were named the G-spot for Ernst Grafenberg, who noticed the first t- tissue differentiation site. But I would love to hear, because we're probably, we've got one minute, we're going to just, 
tease them with this, and then we're going to come back with the stuff on, you know, the research in the area for the peace spot. But just quickly, are there people who are doing anything? We've got 30 seconds. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so there is, uh, well, firstly, very, we were able to find very little research that either had been done or was being done uh, about the reasons why the prostate why, the reasons why crossing massage felt good. Um, okay. But several and, I, and on and on okay. and on that, Aislinn, we're going to our break. Pleasurable. Here come the twos. Thank you. <laughs> This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. At Home is an offering to help families understand why they fight, how to fight less, or turn our conflicts into opportunities to love harder. Your host, Woki Wabweza, a certified mediator and conflict coach, will talk with experts and explore issues that affect relationships and family life. We'll ask questions, we'll look hard at ourselves and at those we love, and we'll learn. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TogiNet Radio. Equipped with the right skills, knowledge, and perspective, anyone can make peace at home. Just one of the quality programs heard on the TogiNet Radio Network. LinkedIn. It's a great tool, and Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. The LinkedIn Lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us, won't you, every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central. It's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Today, my guests are the co-authors of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure, 
erotic exploration for men and their partners. And one of the things I want people to realize is that this is a type of play that all sexual identities engage in and enjoy. It is not for only some, you know, small area or only for gay. It is across the board. So before we went to the break, we were talking about, because this is my area, stuff that I love, is I love the research and how the science supports the the work that we do as sex educators. So Aislinn, you were mentioning that there aren't that many people who are doing research, but you mentioned that you know Beverly Whipple had been contacted. Yeah, so I had uh, the honor of speaking with Beverly Whipple, and um, she was quick to emphasize that she herself had not performed research on the prostate. Her research focuses on female bodies. Um, so she didn't have much to say, unfortunately, about the male prostate. But she did mention that she was planning with some colleagues to do a study, uh, which consisted of taking fMRIs of the brain in men during orgasm, both before and after prostatectomy, to see if there was a difference in the orgasmic response after surgery. Prostatectomy is uh, surgical removal of part or all of the prostate. So that should be fascinating research when it comes out, and it'll tell wow. us how the nerves of the prostate, the autonomic nerves of the prostate, uh, the sensory nerves of the autonomic nerves of the prostate, contribute to the experience of orgasm. At now, least that's how I understand it. Right. Now, please explain to our listeners when you're talking about the autonomic nerves, those are the nerves that operate by themselves. You're not thinking about it. And what do these nerves do? Where are they? And can you give like a quick little geography lesson, either yourself or Charlie? Where is the prostate? Was it many men know about it because of a PSA test, a prostatic-specific antigen, and if it's too high, then there's an issue. It could be prostate cancer. So we have everything about the prostate that people most know about that is an issue, benign prostatic hypertrophy. Oh, no, it's growing larger. I can't go to the bathroom as easily. So let's talk about the geography and what do those nerves do and why are they important? Sure, I would love to. So <laughs> the prostate the prostate is a gland. It's uh, wrapped around the urethra and is located just below the bladder. Um, and it is... We talked a little bit about nerves. It is innervated by autonomic nerves, not by sensory nerves, although there are some sensory components to the autonomic nerves, which is a little confusing. But basically what that means is the nerves that innervate the prostate have limited sensory components, although there are some. Um, but mainly these are nerves that regulate functions of the body versus sensory nerves uh, such as the pedendal nerve that innervates the penis, which is a nerve that primarily serves to um, take in sensation, sensory input. Whereas mm -hmm. the autonomic nerves that innervate the prostate, they are involved in ejaculation. There are some autonomic nerves that pass by the prostate and go into the penis and control erection. So the sense, these are the nerves that innervate the prostate. The sensory components of the prostate are fairly limited. So now we're going to get into why prostate massage might feel good, and I'll, I'll uh, give a little spoiler here, which is that we don't know. For the same reason that we don't know that science is not yet on, uh, able to explain why stimulation of the G-spot area in women feels good, 
we are not able to explain why stimulation of the prostate uh, through massage feels good because the sensory nerves in the area, we have not found sensory nerves that could explain the sensation. It's not like the pedendal nerve in the penis where there are uh, large amounts, high density of sensory nerve endings that are capable of picking up a wide variety and a large amount of sensation. The sensory nerves in the prostate are very limited. So bringing that all home, as with the female G-spot area, it's not really clear why this feels good, but we know that it certainly can feel very good. Exactly. And Charlie, anything you want to add in? Um, well, just one thing in terms of the geography, uh, the prostate actually sits at the back end of the penis. You know, a lot of people think of the penis just being the part that you can see outside the body, but right. of course it goes in a couple of inches further back inside the body. Um, you know, there's the bulb that rests in there that roots the whole structure, and the prostate actually sits at the back of that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've heard from quite a few guys is that they're actually able to feel the sensation of, uh, especially when they're fully erect, of um, the penis thrusting and then the back of the penis pressing up against the prostate from the inside. So even folks who aren't doing direct prostate massage through anal penetration might actually already be enjoying prostate sensations, which I think is pretty fascinating. I mean, there's... I know that there's something that um, I learned, and here's the thing. As sex educators, I mean, we get told things all the time, and invariably it's like picking and choosing from the buffet of information that people give you. You go, oh, that's a good one. Let me add that. <laughs> and for me, one of them was a gentleman who said, instead of, and I love your thing about stroke, don't poke. Thank goodness. Um <laughs> But he said, for you know the men who might be listening, this is something that instead of using the finger straight on, because you've got to watch for the nails, and the area that's being touched here is the area underneath the scrotum before the anus. So the perineal area or what people will call the taint, taint one, taint the other. Bend your fingers, your index and your middle finger, like little knees, and use that, and a partner can use that in a circular motion well lubricated underneath the scrotum while doing manual play with a partner. And that brings oh. both of the nerve systems into play. I like absolutely. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely, because you can, uh, a lot of guys actually do get some prostate sensations through uh, massage on the perineum. It's not quite as focused as when you're massaging it through the wall of the rectum. Actually, the way that I think of it, is it's kind of like if you're massaging somebody's shoulders when they're wearing a bulky sweater. You know, they can okay. feel it, but it's a more spread out, diffuse sensation. Um, but on the other hand, it's a fun way to find out uh, if you even like prostate play or, or to get started with it um, before you get the gloves and the lubricant out and, and go for anal penetration. Right. Now, here's the other thing that I think I want people to realize is that we're talking about the pleasure component of prostate massage, and that area of a man's anatomy. But what we haven't talked about is the real health benefits and focus that I think is the thing that once there's that crossover to, oh, 
this is a health aspect, then it has more of an openness to it for people to try things. Now, when you were researching the book, did you find that when you also explained the health benefit focus that it shifted things for people? I definitely think that that is true for a lot of men, that um, that approaching this as this is beneficial to my health makes it much easier to also explore this for pleasure. Um, I don't think... I don't think we encountered many men who said that outright, uh, but it definitely makes sense. There are so many men who got into prostate massage for health and then later, you know, found that it was tremendously pleasurable. Well, isn't that what happened with the Narrows, Charlie? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to them. It was originally invented as a medical device. Mm -hmm. And then they discovered that guys were enjoying the experience and... In all fairness, if you're using their products for fun, you're still getting any possible medical benefits out of it. So that's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, I think we all know when people are aware that the Kegel exercises are, that is something that was originally created by a gynecologist for his female patients who were having had lax pelvic floor after pregnancy, and then what they started having is, oh my goodness me, much better orgasms. And they had, you know, we know that the better health that there is of those muscles in that area, it translates to greater sensation, more muscle tone, better orgasms. So, and the Aneros, I mean, so it would make sense. (laughs) Well, absolutely. It's just, isn't it really nice to have something that uh, is good for you also feel good, unlike many other things where you have to pick between one or the other. Right. Precisely. And the thing about the Aneros is that it offers both the health benefits of prostate massage itself and the Kegel exercises. The benefits of prostate massage being, according to speculation, the release of blocked fluids, trapped fluids, the increase of circulation to the area, and possible increase uh, um, encouragement of pelvic muscle release and simultaneously because of the hands-free action of the Aneros you are, as you uh, were just referring to, Lou, strengthening your Kegel muscles, which have their own benefits as well. Now, how good, we have like one minute, of course I'm going to ask this question, (laughs) how good are the instructions that come with the Aneros? Because I've seen some of them and it didn't really show, I mean, and I saw some of the originals. So I, I mean, because here's the thing, if you give men something and say, try this, do it this way, the majority of men will follow the instructions. <laughs> yes, I haven't seen any lately, but I have gotten the feedback from some men who tried it according to the instructions and then tried it in different ways later that uh, the main thing that was missing for them was getting aroused first and simulating their penis from the start. Oh. and doing that as a way to learn how to feel this as pleasurable rather than kind of starting from scratch. scratch. Well, you know it. what? Yeah. We're going to go to our next break, and that's exactly what Beverly Whipple says about women in the G-spot. They need to be aroused before they can feel it. So we're going to come back about G-spot, P-spot with my guest, Charlie Glickman and Aislinn Amirzian. We'll be right back. This 
is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex with Lou on TogiNet.com. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming live from Seattle, Washington, home of the biggest and best internet companies on the World Wide Web, it's SEO Radio, starring Brandon Knott. Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific on Toginet.com. SEO Radio. This pioneering internet and social media entrepreneur will share some of his most super efficient opportunities with you, small business owners, and future entrepreneurs to help you build a future like Amazon or Expedia Online. There's never been a marketing strategy that's been so effective at allowing small businesses to compete with the big boys. And Brandon now helps you learn these easy as one, two, three. SEO. For more on Brandon, check out his website, SeattleOrganicSEO.com. SEO Radio. Get set for SEO Radio, starring Brandon Knopf. Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Just before the break, we were talking about the the similarities with the G-spot and the P-spot in how they were originally, you know, with the health aspects of it. Now, and also, we have, Aislinn, you have a list of tour things and things that you're doing with the book if people want to see it. And how are they getting it? It's pre-sales right now, is it not? Um, yes, it is, although it has uh, gone to print, and so we'll be shipping very soon. Outstanding. So mm-hmm. where are you going to be? Are you on West Coast or? Well, wow. uh, we have some upcoming book launch events. So first I'll mention all of our events for um, for the book tour are going to be listed, or current, actually, currently actually listed on our website, which is prostatepleasureguide.net. Okay. Um, but we are doing some book launches uh, in San Francisco as well as Oakland towards the end of the month or the beginning of February. And then I will be traveling all over the country in 2013 to promote the book and to teach prostate pleasure workshops. 
Okay, now here's the thing. <laughs> Are, is, it, is it going to go out as a print or can people access it as an ebook as well? Oh, both. Both. It's currently at the printer and it'll, it'll be shipping from Amazon.com as soon as they get it, but our publisher is already working on ebook formats. So whatever okay. format you want, they've got that in the works. Well, here's the reason I'm asking that is that I go out of here on the 28th of January to India, and I'm speaking to a group there, um, women and men, and then I'm doing the same thing in across um, the U.S. I have one in St. Louis, one in Austin, one in Western Canada, then I come back and then I go to Asia. And this is an area that I know is of interest but they don't they want to be able to again get things discreetly and many of the relationships in those cultures are arranged so you marry and then you fall in love particularly in india so i know that this being an area that's growing i would like them to be able to have access and i'll you know make sure that they know about the website and know about how to access it from um your publisher from the ebook side. Oh, absolutely. It's actually been a really interesting thing how sex manuals and guides and erotica sales have increased with Kindle and Nook because you can read them and you know unless somebody looks over your shoulder, they don't know what you're reading. Uh, you know, especially some of these some of these books you don't necessarily want to read sitting on the train or the bus because everybody can see the cover. Not a problem right. with a Kindle. Right now. I mean, I also, I love the illustrations that you put in there. They're, they look like real people. They're not, you know, the body beautifuls. They are, you know, they're, they're a true representation. Now, did you have people pose for them and then you did graphics from them? Or did you just create them out of thin air? Because when I did my first book, I had to do photos. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, that's precisely what we did. My husband, who is a real trooper, uh, he and I, we did the photos together, and then I took them to um, the illustrator and said, please uh, give us some diversity and uh, make us into different people. <laughs> <laughs> because that's... Go ahead, it worked, Yeah, it, it worked much better that way. We were trying to describe verbally what we wanted, and you know, right. a picture is worth a thousand words. It made all the difference. Exactly, yes. Made it much yeah. more clear. And I have to tell you, though, the the thing that I was surprised by, and I was, you know, telling someone this, I said, you know, I've seen all kinds of stuff. I've, but I said I'd never seen the range of different ways of the stroking, and that because once people know, and and again, this is like a geography lesson that now that they have an awareness, it gives them a different level of confidence. Or they can always go back and go, well, the book said. <laughs> yeah. well, and that's what that I like. Well, that was actually one of the really fun things about working together was uh, trying to figure out how to verbally describe something that, uh, you know, well, what you, and we would sit there and try to figure out, okay, so is the finger doing this or is the finger doing that? How do you put this into words <laughs> so that people will understand? Um, no, it's so it's so true because I had exactly the same thing where I was, and it was my my editor said, oh well, and of course because when I started mine, it came from my ladies seminar, which was 
manual and oral techniques. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, of course, um, once the book's sold, she said, well, we'll, we'll have illustrations. And I went like this, what? How am I going to do that? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, so I, like you, you know, Aislinn, I had to bring in a, you know, group of people and, you know, have them doing things on the um, instructional product. So, mm-hmm. it, because then it's very, then it has the realness to it. Yeah. So, like what, right, so, so you're going to be all over the country, Aislinn. Yes, and Charlie is uh, traveling quite a bit as well in the coming year. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll, we'll be meeting up for some events and also doing some separately. And we'll also be at events like Catalyst Conference in March, uh, and I'll be speaking at a few different universities over the next several months. So really, we're hoping to uh, cast a wide net and get as many people as possible uh, introduced to the idea of prostate pleasure. It's going to be a really mm-hmm. exciting year for us. Well, I, and I, I would concur with you. Let's address for people if they think this is for them or not for them. Who are the people who engage in this and what, you know, just demographically, just scatter, sh- say what, how wide the net is. Well, the reason why the book title is, uh, the subtitle is For Men and Their Partners is because we really are talking about men of any age and partners of any gender or sexual orientation. Um, mm-hmm. I've talked to guys who are 18 years old and they're trying this out. I've talked to men who are in their 70s. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked with guys who are gay, straight, bisexual, solo, partnered, multiply partnered. Um, it really is across the board. And that's been one of the most fascinating things for me is that, you know, even though there's this stereotype about who might or might not be doing this kind of sexual play, really you know, once you open up the lid, you realize that it really is, uh, there is no specific group that we're talking about. Right. And, I mean, you also, and both of you always being very aware, you also include, you know, the transgender women. Mm-hmm. Although there's not a lot. There's not a lot in the book, to be honest. And, and we uh, went back and forth on that quite a bit. Um, but there were a couple of reasons for that. One is that uh, transgender women's experiences of prostate stimulation, both how they feel about it emotionally and how it feels to them because of the effects of hormones, uh, it varies quite a bit. Um, And we wanted, you know, we didn't feel like we could do that topic justice just because there is so much diversity in terms of experience. But also the issues and concerns that men often face around it don't get a lot of attention. And we felt that it was important to come up with a guide that would address those in particular. So I'm really hoping that somebody does something similar for transgender women because I think there's a huge need for that. It's just uh, it's a separate set of concerns and issues. Mm-hmm. Now, can we just, can I bounce back for a moment? Aislinn, before the break, we were speaking um, on the FMR brain research that Emily Whipple is looking to do for the men who have undergone prostatectomies to see whether or not there is a change in their, you know, how the actual brain is perceiving the pleasure. Are they at a point of doing it or are they just talking about it? Because I think this would be fascinating. Yeah, totally fascinating. Unfortunately, I have not gotten an update 
on that subject since I spoke with her, which was, I think, about a year ago or more. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't give an update on that research, unfortunately. Well, you know what? I'm going to write her an email and find out right away. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage that. <laughs> and you say, okay, Beverly, what's the update? <laughs> Talking to, you know, Aislinn, I want to know where you are. So I'll okay. I'll find that information out. Now, let's say we have someone who's listening, woman or a man, and they're curious about this. Let's say, you know, and to me, I, you know, when, when I was writing the questions for you, one of the things that was, one of the first things that opened the door to this was the Bend Over Boyfriend video with, Carol Queen and was it Carol Queen and Robert? Yes, it was. That's right. Um, and that was something that had people go, you know, because then they did, you know, more in that series. Where is, you know, for the people now who want to know about it, how might you tell them to start out as a newbie or a beginner to consider trying things? Let's say they're a couple. Um, and she's interested in trying, what might you recommend? Well, actually, uh, (laughs) we both have a lot to say about that one. You want to go for it? No, you go ahead. Okay. Well, you know, the first thing I think is that a lot of people these days have been telling me that they're having uh, less than ideal experiences with anal penetration. And then when I talk with them about it, it turns out that it's because they don't really know how to do it safely or pleasurably um, because it's one of those sex acts that you really do need to know a bit in order to make it enjoyable. Um, you know, things Appreciate like going nice, you know, going nice and slowly, using lots of lubricant, how to give your partner feedback in the moment. Um, and these are all things that, of course, work for any kind of sex, but especially for anal play because it is such a delicate part of the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's the same thing, Charlie and Aislinn, you, we all know and most women know, it's the same thing for women, that things get too rushed. They might have had anal sex once and once because it was done badly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So are we coming up to our next break already? Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> well, one, one last thing I'd like to say, though, is that uh, although we have plenty of information in the book. If you're just considering this and you're just thinking about getting started, check out our website, prostatepleasureguide.net. We have lots of info and tips to get you started. And then, of course, the book will give you, you know, a hundred times more. Great. Well, I'm going to get that up when I do my um, social media on this. Come right back and we're going to be telling you how to get prostate pleasure. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. 
Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfieldHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfield Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sex sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. We're now into our final segment with my two guests, Dr. Charlie Glickman and Aislinn Amirzian. Correct, Aislinn? Close enough for me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so what we are talking about is their new book that is coming out, The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. And before the break, Charlie, you were saying that if people, I was saying, can you give like a little short thing of, you know, ideas for people the best place to go is their website, prostatepleasureguide.net. And that will be, I'll have that up on my uh, stuff for the TogiNet site and on my Facebook and my um, other social media. And also, Charlie, you said that you also have the calendar there as well? Uh, yes, we do, since we're booking events across the country over the next several months so people can keep up to date with our happenings. Mm-hmm. And when, and, and I had stopped myself from saying something when we were on break, so I wanted to, you know, have it be here in the freshness of the moment. One of the things that I will tell people is we know how immensely pleasurable it is to kiss someone. We are aware of that. And that is one end of our GI tract, our gastrointestinal tract. The anus is the other end. And for Some people, not for everyone, you know, from a social standpoint, from whatever, but for some people it is immensely pleasurable. And both women and men are capable of having anal orgasms just from stimulation of the anus. So they'd be orgasmic just with stimulation of that area, nothing else. So I think that, you know, 
in our category as sex educators is to let people know, you know what, this is what other people are doing. This is normal. What's the asex thing, you know, am I normal <laughs> on the back of the shirts? <laughs> and yeah, that, for me, is an important thing that, that this does. Now, next question. Are you finding that Fifty Shades has impacted people wanting to know about this subject? Yeah. Not, you know, not, not, well, I haven't. Have you, Rachel? I have not. I haven't read it, but um, my understanding was that it focused uh, while it obviously brings BDSM to a larger community, BDSM fantasies, um, and many people would consider, say, strap-on play uh, to work really well for BDSM fantasies with the male submissive. My understanding was that Fifty Shades of Grey was primarily with a female submissive. Um, I'm not sure if there is male strap-on themes, male receptive strap-on themes in there. Are there? Mm, no. Okay. And I'll tell you... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know those books backwards and forwards, 1,625 pages. And I will tell you, it is really a love story. But what it has done is it has blown wide open the area of kink and the area of what people identify as kink. And I know that the sale of strap-ons has gone through the ceiling for one particular manufacturer that is vanilla kink, like unbelievable numbers for one year and the impact of 50 shades no there was no penetrative you know her on him but really in all actuality she wasn't a submissive to him by the way they never really set up scenes because she couldn't do it <laughs> yeah. so all this thing of talking about this happening that wasn't what was going on but what it has done is like Charlie are you going to be speaking at college campuses uh, yes, and and in fact, uh, earlier this year, I did a series of workshops on uh, Beyond Fifty Shades uh, for exactly what you're talking about, that it's just opened up the door for many people to consider things that maybe they wouldn't have ever thought of doing before. And, and I'll tell you, I'm going to India. I'm going to be lecturing in Chennai, India, and I was told, I asked, how is Fifty Shades? And he said, it's huge over here. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It's sort of, it's really comparable in a lot of ways to the story of O. Well, the story of O, she absolutely wanted to have the domination, and it was, it was hardcore. Yeah, I just mean in in terms of the impact, Mm -hmm. in terms of the the, the very widespread widespread, uh, popularity of a topic that previously, you know, was always hush-hush. It's pretty remarkable. And in, in that, yes, I would agree. The, the thing that I tell people is I said, listen, if you are going to be talking about this, read the books. Now, look, you know, I've written five books in the area of sexuality, and my initial reaction to it was, I don't have to read these. Yeah. But you know what I realized is that, like, your book, your book absolutely hit a nerve with me where I went, I have got to read this. And... Part of my responsibility as an educator, in the same way as for for you as well, is to be the eyes and the ears for people when they may not see things. And I had to see why these books hit people. You know, people, they make the comment, it goes, oh, they're not very well written. Look, they're formulaic. They're a Harlequin romance meets kinky sex. That's it. 
And I have to tell you guys, the kinky sex isn't that kinky. It really yeah, no, isn't. I've read it. Yeah, I've read it. I kept waiting for it to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's only one vibe that you... But the important thing is, your book is going to be bringing to people an awareness and a comfort level of the subject for expanding male sexual pleasure because it isn't only the you know the the penis we have become comfortable with female anal play becoming something that many women like to try if it's done well and you have gone forward and said look and you know because people were asking let's let's address this for men and let's get it on the table for them so let me ask you the diagrams that you used for the finger stimulation, were they from people describing things for you from the, from the survey? Ooh, some of them were. Some of them were. Some of them were. Um, some of it, yes, yeah, many of them were. Uh, techniques that we had gotten from the survey or from in-person interviews, which there were also some of those where we just said, what kind of strokes do you do? And they would describe them. Um, and, of course, some of it is uh, personal experience in my case, things that I like to do with my lovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, some of, and some of it was also, uh, as far as the pictures went, really trying to figure out you know, how do we put this into words? And then we just started drawing pictures and realized that was going to be a much easier way to do it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I and and I think people need to know, how many illustrations do you have in your book total? <laughs> Say about 20, of which maybe a good 10 of them are um, finger techniques. No, you know what? I think there's more illustrations than that. You well, might be right. Because I, I, I went through and I... And, 30, and I, 30, and, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and I remember, and I'm looking at them, and I'm going, these are so helpful for people. I am they're, so glad to hear it, because it was challenging to uh, describe finger motions without actually being able to show someone fingers moving. So I'm really right. glad to hear that it came through. Yeah. No, because yeah, I think, we, yeah. we had enough illust- We had enough illustrations, and we needed to work with two illustrators, in fact. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was too much for one person to do on our deadline, so we had to... You spread the load out a little bit. <laughs> so that's funny. Now, how did you? How did Rachel Maines find out that? Okay, please give the little background on this because Rachel Maines is a gem in our area of sexuality. It's like an anthropological historian of sexology, and she did a book on the um, the mechanics of the vibrator. I'm, I'm massacring her title, but it was how the vibrator came into existence to treat women's hysteria. Please tell me, I had no idea that there was an analogous um, prostate massage in the 1920s for men. Yeah, so this was, this is fascinating to me. Um, I believe the book you're referring to by Rachel Maines was The Technology of Orgasm, uh, mm-hmm. which describes how genital massage was used, in some, case, in some cases vibrators were used, to treat women with hysteria, which was uh, <laughs> believed to be a disease that uh, a disease of the uterus that resulted from insufficient sexual gratification. Now, this was common, this form of treatment and this diagnosis of hysteria was very common at the turn of the century up until about 1920. And in that same time period, we see a a huge, huge uh, trend um, 
in men receiving prostate massage from doctors. And in some cases it was, in many cases actually, it was specifically milking the prostate in the sense of doing the massage until ejaculation. And there's not a ton of documentation on this. This is actually something that I want to do more research on and more writing on about the way that, to me, it seems like a direct parallel of the way that, uh, in the same way that vibrators were being used on women, um, basically a sexual act that had that was treated as a medical procedure, and the same thing was happening with men and prostate massage. Right, and, and did it also fall out of favor the same way that the vibrators did when they started being included into adult films? Is that what caused them to fall out of favor? You know, I wish I knew, uh, but it did fall out of favor around the same time. So around 1920. Although also a significant factor in prostate massage ceasing to be uh, used by medical professionals came a little bit later uh, with the dawn of antibiotics because okay. in some cases prostate massage was used to treat things which later became cured by antibiotics. Right. Now, we're into our final minute. My guests are Dr. Charlie Glickman and Aislin Amirzian. Now, please let people know how they can get a hold of you, how they can contact you at prostatepleasureguide.net. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. So in addition to our book website, prostatepleasureguide.net, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter as Prostate Guide. And you can find me online everywhere as Charlie Glickman, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, my website. Um, and you can get in touch with Aislinn directly at aislinnemersian.com. So we're very easy to get a hold of. Fabulous. Thank you so much, you guys, for being flexible. I know we had a little, you know, technical thing the other night. But I think your books, I think this book is literally going to be the go-to. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And get yourselves to prostatepleasureguide.net. Thanks for being with us. Bye for now. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.